We told you after the game, they were going to be talking about the tight. Two cans of beer a day, and that's your bleeding lot. And now we've got an extra one because they stopped the tot. So we'll put on our civvy clothes, find a proper shore. A sailor's just a sailor, just like he was before. That's right. Welcome into Coach's Corner Thursday night live edition. We've got Thursday night football on again. We're going to go through some plays. It's a good new night for us, Jonathan. I'm kind of liking this Thursday versus the Tuesday. It gives us more time to digest the game, kind of watch some things, watch the Monday night football, and kind of get everything, our thoughts together, as it were. Yeah, you know, um, you're coming off a, a win. You uh, are moving into an exciting week. It's a nice little midway point to uh, really move on from the last week, wins, losses, and uh, on to the next week. So have football on TV, really moving into the next week, and uh, it's a good week if you're a Titans fan. Yeah, entertaining game so far as well, too. So with all that said, welcome to the Coach's Corner, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Have to mention it before we get started. Please go to the... Broadway Sports Shop and check out our brand new merch, shop.broadwaysportsmedia.com. Our Coach's Corner shirt, we've got some of these on the way. We will be wearing those. Jonathan is flashing it up on the screen. Look at that T-shirt. If it sticks up there, it's got our patented logo. JG worked hard on this, and it's it's got the X's and O's behind it, the Coach's Corner block up front. It is comfortable. These shirts, if you've never had a, a Broadway shirt before, these shirts are comfortable. They Someone's going to steal them from me to try to sleep in. My wife steals all my shirts. This one's going to be stolen as well. It's going to be her new her new pajamas. So get this shirt. They're comfortable. You won't doubt it. And, and you can pretend to be a coach like we do on, on, on TV. I'd also really like for us to scrub the record of anything that references me flashing the screen. <laughs> no, that's on recording, buddy. It's, that's, that's there forever. That's life. So... <laughs> All right, so we've got some treats for you tonight. We're going to try to get into the breakdown. Uh, Uncle Watson here is going to try to uh, figure out technology at some point in time in my life. Uh, but we're going to try to get through it uh, when we get to that point. Jonathan's going to share some plays. I'm going to share some plays. But first, let's get into this Titans versus Jaguars recap. Uh, talk about what happened. They, like you said earlier, coming off of a big win, a needed win with after the loss of the Jets, right? So what were your thoughts watching the game? Because I, I was admittedly at soccer, so I had to play catch-up listening on the radio, which – Mike Keith is great to listen to, so no complaints there. Uh, so in between the action, I caught up with some stuff. But what were your overall thoughts from the game, Jonathan? Uh, you know, it was. There's a lot that you could say was sloppy that they could have performed better. But ultimately, wins in the National Football League are tough, and ultimately, for you'd be able to pull out a three-score victory against another NFL team, it's a quality win. Um, are there absolutely things that they can clean up? They still allowed two big plays, which has seemed to plague this team throughout this season so far. Um, I, I've said it a couple of times now. This is not a team that allows a lot of big plays. It's just when they do, they're just absolute home runs. I think they're actually bottom of the league when you look at explosive plays. I think that's 20 yards or more plays. Um, but when it comes to those huge plays, you've seen it in Arizona, Seattle. You've seen it uh, against the the Jets. And the Jaguars managed to pull off a couple too. Now, as a coach, those things are a couple of plays to clean up. It's not entire sure. just schematic things falling apart. So that's a plus. Um, ultimately, though, um, you got to take care of those. It's a long season, and especially coming up on Monday night against the Bills, that's something that uh, they will take advantage of. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about the big long run to Robinson earlier where it looks like Evan shot the wrong gap. We, we were debating on what if he even misread quarterback keep, which is even worse, which I don't think that's what it was. I think he just tried to, to be over-aggressive, which is weird for him considering how he's played. Uh, but – Along with the big plays, I'll start with this just because we're talking about the defense first. David Long, he got, he got some ire from some people saying that he played, he had some mistakes. And yes, he did have some mistakes. I, I also think he balled out. I think he played a heck of a game. I think he was aggressive. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. Ten tackles, a couple for loss. He was coming up. He he missed tackle on one sideline throw. He missed a couple gaps and reads. Sure. But he was aggressive. He popped all over the field. And you got to like the development for him because, like you said, we, we've said this before, make your mistakes, that's fine, but make them go in 100 miles an hour. And eventually things will work out. And he was causing things. Kevin Byard was coming down, uh, being aggressive. So David Long seemed to be a catalyst for some of that on Sunday. 
No, I mean, look, David Long had some flash plays for sure. Uh, but ultimately, and before we get into this, if you're watching, feel free to jump into the chat. We like to interact with the people here. So uh, especially if you're on YouTube, if you're tuning in from Twitter video, make sure you tune over to our Thank YouTube you. channel or Facebook where you can join in on the chat. Um, blame Twitter for that. Yeah. Not our fault. Uh, but ultimately, <laughs> going back to the the inside linebacker play for the Titans, it's a problem. It's the weakest point on the defense, in my in my opinion. Now, David Long has made some flash plays, but ultimately it has been something that is up and down, but a lot more down. And I've been saying for a couple of weeks that my biggest worry was a team that was going to come in here and commit to the run. And the Jaguars got a little bit away from it as they had to play catch up a little bit. But ultimately, uh, you're going to have teams that are really going to test you. And the inside linebacker play has been left a lot to be desired. And that's ultimately the reason I think you see Avery Williamson coming in here. Sure. And long wasn't perfect. As Don points out, there were a couple, there were not just a couple. It was, it was about four or five that were like, Ugh. but again, there were a handful of plays that you weren't getting from other positions uh, that were chipping in like Landry, Landry played balled out again. Landry is phenomenal. But having David Long also contributing in any manner that was a positive, and I, I would say it was overall a positive day for him. Yes, there were some blown assignments and some and some missed tackles. But overall, having him stepping up and contributing like that is going to bode well for this defense. Uh, and since I brought him up, switching to the defensive line, the front, Simmons has been playing better. Uh, Autry's been playing well. Landry's been lights out, though. And something I noticed when going back and watching the film uh, for this game was that I was worried about uh, Trevor Lawrence not beating the Titans with his arm, but those scramble chunk plays that you don't really count on, uh, him getting outside the pocket, I noticed on four or five times uh, where Landry not spying, but not rushing too hard, staying in his lanes, bouncing in and out of his rush lanes uh, to keep Lawrence. There was a third and nine uh, play at some point. I forget the, which quarter it was where Landry starts his, his rush. He bounces inside because because uh, Lawrence steps up. Lawrence then immediately breaks out. Landry breaks out, stops in front of him, causes him to go again. If he's not there, the green, it was just green in front of Lawrence. That's an easy first down. So Landry having that athletic ability to then run Lawrence off the field and out of bounds for only a one-yard game was a huge play. And they and he did that multiple times throughout the game. So it wasn't just his sacks. It wasn't just the pass rush. It was little plays like that that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet or they're going to get wowed and talked about. But the fact that they were able to, for the most part, there was a touchdown run. But for the most part, contain Lawrence's in his legs, I thought it was a huge part to their success on defense on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Landry is the the best player possibly outside of Derrick Henry on the team as of right now. Now, they're dealing with some injuries, but the guy is definitely, it's a contract year. Hopefully, that's not the reason he's playing the way he is, but um, he, he's absolutely playing like an elite edge rusher right now in every facet of the game. Um, he's a guy... You know, we're talking about snap counts for Derrick Henry. He's a guy that's playing an awful lot of snaps on defense as well. Um, but if those two guys can hold up, it's a pretty good foundation to to build a team around. Um, and helps on the way if you're the Titans. You have Julio. A.J. Brown was on a snap count here. And uh, you got Bud Dupree coming back. So help is on the way, assuming, you know, guys like Christian Fulton aren't down for too long. Yeah, and, far, and hopefully if he if he is, Farley can come along and start chipping in as well. It'd be great if you could have everybody on deck, but we'll take what we can get at this point in time for the Titans. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, Bayard, I mentioned him earlier. Jenkins, I didn't think was too terrible on the day. I thought he had some good coverage plays. Uh, he had that interception that was called back for the holding. He was in great position there, and you want, that's what you'd want the guys to be able to compete. And I know you'll go over the plays here in a little bit where it was really some really impressive coverage, especially in the red zone from the Titans, uh, that showed that they, they are capable of playing winning football. And that was my worry coming off of the Jets games. Like, well, if they're going to play like this against the Jets, I know it was some blown plays, but this is Zach Wilson. The offense wasn't humming. I know AJ and Julio were out, but you got, you got, this is a good bounce back for a lot of people. And I thought Tannehill was sharp switching over to offense for just a second. I thought Tannehill was sharp. His throws, even his overthrows were sharp and decisive. And that's what you want to see. You don't see a whole lot of waffling. Uh, I would have been mad though, if they would have called that a fumble. It was a, that would have been the, the farthest thrown fumble I've ever seen in my life on that one play. And and again, that wasn't Taylor LeWan's fault. 
uh, Derrick Henry literally blasted Taylor Lewan, trying to help, trying to chip, and they just uh, you want to call it a miscommunication. It was just a misread, and, and of course that was in the result. But I thought Tannehill was sharp. Um, Derrick Henry, I thought just it, he had the quiet one of the quieter 130 yard games I think I can remember from him because he just kept churning. He got a lot of those big runs late, but that's also what he does and what he sets up. Well, and I'll actually say he did not have uh, the the big play. Right. He had some right. big runs. Uh, and they're they, 15 yards exactly. He I thought early on the way he was running the ball. It it was a day he was gonna ba- he was gonna hit something, and he didn't. Uh, and so for him to still be able to pull out 130 yards now, I think the 130 plus three touchdowns is a little bit of an inflated stat line based sure. on the rest of the team. But hey, he's your finisher, and so that's a guy that continues to put up numbers. Yeah, and, and that and that speaks to what I thought was a strength of the offensive line in the run game. Going back and watching their run fits, I really was impressed. Other than maybe a certain tight end uh, who got blown up again on a couple of plays, but I, I really thought that the offensive line was, was ran block uh, run blocking was <laughs> exceptional. Well, it, the the game was in the past. So they ran blocked. They ran blocked. Yes. So uh, excuse my, my mind there, but the, the, the past blocking, the past blocking <laughs> was not great. Again, there were some miscues again, but it was better. I thought in certain areas, but there were still some miscues that we'd like to, uh, especially with all the hits and the sacks that Tannehill's taking, you'd like to get these out of the game and give him a clean game for once. That's gotta be the goal. Now give Tannehill a clean game of confidence for, for production, but also just to make sure that you're you, people are worried about Derrick Henry workload. I'm worried about the 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 amount of hits that Tannehill is taking. That's what I want to see cleaned up for this Titans team to move forward and progress that next level. Yeah, and I mean we'll get to the plays here in, here in just a moment. I think the offensive line, though, and you're going to talk about that in more depth than I ever could. But you know, it's something that I thought they played better. Yeah, but sure. they can still continue to improve. And again, we talk, we're going to talk about Monday night. That's a team that will take advantage of it if that offensive line doesn't show up ready to play. The biggest issue is they continue to rack up these injuries. Yeah, and I really like what Downing's doing here in offense, too. If they can stay healthy as a team, I like how they're starting to use Derrick Henry as, I don't want to say decoy so much, but they're using him to take attention away. And those are one, that's one of the plays I'm going to diagram here in just a little bit uh, with how they kind of use starting to use Henry, uh, motioning him out, getting him out wide, faking a big toss play to try to get the defense moving to get something open on the backside with a, a slant. Similar to an RPO, it looked like, but it was kind of, I thought it was by design. But just some good stuff going on for the offense. If they can keep taking, taking these baby steps forward on offense for the offensive line to continuously getting better, stay healthy, get these guys who have been injured back, get your horses back, Julio and AJ ready, ready to go. And with Marcus Johnson, the way that he played in spots and Reynolds seeming to come along, those are four guys that can compete and Ferkser's got to get right at some point in time. So maybe this can be this offense that was promised in the off season with all the hoopla and all the, all the boast blustering about it. Yeah, I mean, you got to get some explosive plays, though. Sure. I mean, the the good news is without explosive plays, this offense has managed to pretty consistently all season move the ball. Uh, they're not shooting themselves in the foot. They're slowly creeping their way back to the positive turnover t- differential. They just put themselves in a hole. I think they're up to just three, negative three at this point. So they're moving in the right direction. Um, look, even against the Jets, they couldn't get out of their own way. They had the big plays. Those are things again that you can clean up. But uh, Monday night's going to be the real, the real test. So, yeah. and and against that Monday night, you can't have certain plays like you did versus the Jags in that Monday night game. For example, late in the game, it it would have been a five or six point game. My math's off right now, but uh, Bayard was able to stop Lawrence on a scramble at the one yard line where he almost scored. I mean, it's a game of inches for a reason. He gets in there. That's a completely different game down the stretch. There was ten minutes left, I, th- I think, in the game at that point. And then before that, the series before that, the Titans offense, before they punted it to the Jags for them to drive down for the touchdown. This is what I mean. They can't have these back-to-back moments like that uh, where the Swain missed a block for a negative play. Derrick Henry gets a, a negative two-yard loss. And then the sack that I'm going to diagram was an 11-yard loss and it causes the kicks them way out of field goal range. They've got a punt. Jacksonville Spoiler alert. It. Yeah, so uh, those kind of things can't happen. And then Lawrence later on is able to almost score there. That's a completely different game. Now, they obviously were able to stop them on the next play on fourth down and then drive and score. So it's a moot point at that point. But he scores. That's a different game, and, and it has a different path. What, more a, than likely. what a setup. What a setup. <laughs> Are we going to the plays so of the week now? Let's go to the, the, the breakdown plays of the week. And I've got to get it set up over here. So why don't you bring yours up first, and you go through yours and your play. 
Yeah, I would love to, Ryan. So as you kind of alluded to, this uh, this play right here takes place on second and five. The Titans are currently up 12, so obviously this is a much different game if the, if the Jags are able to come in here and score. Uh, get in here, It's one. It, they still got 10 minutes left. They'd be down to a one-score game, and a lot of pressure shifts over to that offense at that point. Um, so we look what we got right here, and you know when you're out in the field, you're dealing with how many safeties are you keeping deep. When you're close to the goal line, that goes out the window. So a couple of things we got highlighted. We always want to key on what, who are our number one, two, and three receivers to our side. You're going to be matched up in pretty much man, generally speaking, on the goal line. Um, and then one of the rules that you'll hear a lot, especially when you're at that five-yard mark, is plant your heels at the goal line and don't come off till you have to, right? So that's what you see right here. You see all five of the uh, defenders back. I mean, it's four DBs and one linebacker back there, and they're matched up. So what really happens here is at the top of the screen, the tight end actually motions in tight. The Titans don't actually shift here, so they're just adjusting who has who, essentially, in their man uh, coverage. So as we go to the next play, what you're going to see, or go to the next shot, what you're going to see is both of these DBs have what we're going to call a banjo call. And essentially, you see what they're matched up on. But if you see a switch release from these, you're going to switch which man you have. So if we go to the next one right here, you can already see this start to take place. Number two is going to try and go down Number on each side, go underneath the number one receiver. So these DBs are going to have to take into account switching which man is going to be. And you don't have a lot of time to do that. Again, you look, the DBs are not moving, still planted in the right spot. And the other thing you want to account for there's not a lot of space to not have a gap covered in the run game. So you can see every single gap is properly accounted for by your defensive line and linebackers. There is no real potential for a run play coming here because they are lined up in those appropriate gaps. Sometimes teams will go with some sort of base coverage here, and that's where teams can kind of run it down their throat. So the Titans decided we're going to go ahead and get into our goal line formation. So here you see we've actually switched exactly what you want to do, and this is exactly where the play really breaks down for the Jaguars. Um, we have uh, David Long here. He can see that the running back is setting up for pass protection, so he his guy is not really accounted for at this point. He kind of gets caught in no man's land. He doesn't want to really blitz and then something kind of break down. Um, they've, the DBs have effectively switched, but again, I can't stress it enough. You look, their heels are all still planted at the goal line. They're not creating space. You start moving off the goal line, you start creating throwing lanes for the quarterback. But where this play really happens is you have just a flat route from your tight end up top. And then you have Marvin Jones coming across the middle right at Kevin Byard. And I'm pretty sure this is actually an option route. I think Marvin Jones is reading what Byard's going to do. And if Byard is more square to the line of scrimmage there, I would expect Marvin Jones to carry this play across the field. And he's probably going to be wide open. The, the Jaguars are looking for to get that matchup with Marvin Jones on a safety, which is a mismatch in the Jaguars' favor. But Byard does a good job. In this situation, he actually squares his shoulders up and makes it a one one decision for Marvin Jones for him to bounce that back outside. So he really sets it up. As you see here, Marvin Jones, this is exactly what we get. He is bouncing it outside. Uh, but I will also say that Jackrabbit Jenkins at the top is not committing to the actual uh, play, the flat route by the tight end. What this does is it, it's going to make Trevor Lawrence have that hesitation where he doesn't have that complete. He can't really lead the receiver outside. He can't. He's going to have to keep it a throw tight. He's going to have to keep it inside. Otherwise, he's going to put it in a position where Jackrabbit can actually make a play on the ball. I'll also point out down at the bottom of the screen, again, perfect coverage. Chris Jackson in the slot. We effectively had our banjo call. We switched who we're covering right here, and he's intersecting him at the goal line. He did not go to him. He's catching him at the goal line because that's all you're trying to defend at this point. And then I will highlight Caleb Farley. When you talk about a guy that has a lot of playing on instincts because of the athlete that he is, he is doing exactly what he is coached to do here. Again, he is planted at the goal line rather than going to attack the running back in the flat because we don't care if he catches the ball. We'll come up and make the tackle right there. So we can see exactly what we talked about here. Trevor Lawrence has to plant the ball inside. Bayard has set up the route, knows exactly where that ball is going to have to go. You can see Jenkins kind of takes away anything further out. 
And so Bayard is able to make a pretty easy play on the ball. So you talk about this is a little play. After this play, you have the the Trevor Lawrence scramble down to the one and then the fourth down stop, which essentially ices the game at that point. So it's little plays like this that really sets up that the defense was playing well, executing on their assignments. And ultimately, this is mostly what you're seeing from this defense. It's then you'll have one play. Just one play that they keep dropping. And if they can continue to work to get consistent on that, I think this is a defense that can uh, be pretty effective. Yeah, so we alluded, alluded to that earlier. It was, it was a great play. It set up that uh, a stop there because if the Titans give up a touchdown there, that's a completely different ball game. So it's nice to see them kind of bow up there. Uh, so we're going to get into my play. I, I mentioned earlier that, uh, and forgive me, Jonathan's is nice and, and pretty. Um, He's got the PowerPoint. Let me see if I can fix this camera a little bit for everybody. He's got the PowerPoint. We're still got to figure out my software because apparently we found out right before this that iPad and Restream don't work as far as screen sharing. So now this is what you get. So uh, forgive my hand here, but it's, it's a true coach's experience from back in the day when they're drawing on a, on a projector, those kind of things. So I mentioned earlier that Der- the Titans are starting to use Derrick Henry as more than just the bell cow uh, a little bit. He's still getting the big carries, but they're also doing a little bit where they're, they're motioning him out. So in this play, you'll see he'll actually start to right before the snap. He'll, he'll come out here and start to go uh, and motion down a little bit before snap and come this way. And, and he's going to go on his wheel route out here. So what this causes now is that, you know, that one of these players out here on the end, someone's going to have to go out here and cover him or cover that area that intended to clear off the spot behind him, which is what happens as you come through it, because this is the route where AJ Brown is able to come down and, and kind of come on an under there. Let me actually make this a little bigger for everybody. Sorry about this. So AJ Brown's able to come down and around on his route. So this is a good scheme by the Titans to try to get Henry out and moving and give the defense something else to look for, try to cover because Derrick Henry has been has proved enough this year that he is enough of a threat in the receiving game that the teams have to keep in mind. Otherwise, they're going to get burned. So that's the setup of the play. This next screenshot here that I have is the beginning of the play where you start to see where Derrick Derrick Henry starts to come down, uh, starts to come down into his motion. He's already, after he's motioned, he's already starting to hit hard. He's fast. He's a big guy. He's going to hit the sidelines here. Excuse me, my line there. And you see the defender start to trail him in the very next shot. And like I said, they're having to now man and and carry and follow, clearing that whole section out. There's nobody else down here on this side of the screen. Everything is up top. You've also got these two tight ends here that are releasing. And what they're doing is they're going to be releasing out and taking with them anything else and kind of bracketing it off. And AJ is going to come in behind them and under to try to clear this out. So it's really nice uh, clear out by these three men here. Now, if the, if the Jags want to ignore Henry later on, or if, or if the Bills or a team wants to ignore this kind of same look, Derrick Henry could be open in the sideline one-on-one with a small safety, and then he's a big body. Hopefully he can make that catch. I'll have to see it to believe it, but th- that's what they're setting up. They're also possibly setting up a corner from the tight ends from to, from Ferkser and everybody else trying to go and, and, and crack down and hoping something pops. So this is good to keep in your pocket for later on as well. And the kind of stuff that I like, I like to see the Titans are starting to do. So this next shot here, you'll see the result. You see the two tight ends. Like I said, they're starting to come down. You saw that the edge defender is now out on Henry, clearing out this whole green space here for AJ to catch his place. So now, you, now you're starting to get this big bubble here. And that's where you, that, that big bubble is what you want a quarterback to be able to throw into. He's comfortable. He's hitting one of his best receivers, best athletes on the team, and, and able to move and, and, and run. And AJ almost takes it in for a score here, but now let's see, you've got the tight end coming here. You've got this one walling off here. You've got over the top, and you've got Henry going here. So all that to be said, and I'm getting a picture taken of me right now because this is momentous stuff. Uh, so now you see just how open AJ is off of this. Look, look at all the space. That is a quarterback's dream right there to have that kind of, 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 of free range to be able to fit in. He can throw that anywhere. Good throw here as he hits AJ in stride. AJ is able to catch it and get up the sidelines and almost score. It took a heck of a shot here, but he's almost able to score there following Henry into the end zone. So really good play design by the Titans and stuff. I, I hope they come back to some wrinkles that they're putting in. You saw Derrick Henry also uh, motion out and line up in the slot as well. So those kinds of things can make this offense a lot more dangerous than it already could be. And that's what we're talking about. It's going to open up some of these explosive plays for the Titans. They're running a whole lot of offensive plays, but the stuff like this looks like this, that's really going to make the difference. And what I, I hope they, they keep doing to open up for the bills. 
Now that's the good. Let's go on to the bad real quick. Um, or maybe we won't because it didn't load properly. Uh, here we go. So here, now we have pass blocking later on. This was a sack that, that we gave up. And what I want to focus on here is two, two things. We have a stunt out here, and we also have Nate Davis uh, lined up. So what at the snap, you'll watch Nate Davis will come off and almost immediately at contact. And this is the form you talk about when you just hope guys are, are doing the right thing. You notice here that Nate Davis already, it, I know it's kind of hard to see, so let me zoom in on him a little bit. You can already see his head starting to get buried where he can't see what his defender, he's too close in there. He can't see. And now he stops his feet And this. You see, this foot is way out of position here. This foot here, he's parallel, but he's not moving. He's dead in the water. Now all this defender has to do is give him one move slide and he's gone around the edge. And that's exactly what happens here to Nate Davis as he goes, because he's, he's just not moving his feet. Nothing's working. You are starting to see the tail end out here too, of this twist where they have a double, move here and they're going to have a big wrap here from the defensive end or the edge rusher on the outside as he's starting to set Lawan up and he's going to come in here. Teams have been have been uh, doing this to the Titans to death this year because they're not picking them up as well as they were last year. So it's something I really hope keeps to improving and that they can really focus on this kinds of things. Because you see the initial setup here. I think that's uh, Corey in there. Taylor's got his eyes out there. They're all looking like they're set up pretty good. But once it starts to crash down, as you'll see in the next slide, it starts to crash down out on the edge. And now you've got Ben Jones. He sees it, but he's getting late out there at the edge. If you see where his eyes are, he's starting to recognize it. But now he's got an athletic guy. He's already beat. He went too far in. Everything is crashing down. Corey can't get out. Lawan's gone, but they're, they're, they're taking their guys up. Ben has got to do a good job. Jones has got to come out here and do a job of, of resetting the line, pushing him out, and keeping this nice pocket for Tannehill to be able to throw into. Uh so that's not happening. And when you combine that with what's happening out here with Davis, as you can see, this is the result of, of, of your feet dying. Now you're playing that weird game of, oh, oh, got to catch somebody, got to get a holding call, something to try to, to help your quarterback because now you're on the defender's back and he's got a free go. So now you've, you've, you've got basically two rushers that are hunting up Tannehill here. And as you see in the next slide, because of this, this miscommunication, this mis thing. Now you end up with a helmet in your stomach, Nate Davis and Ben Jones, which is a terrible position to be in. And now you've got two Jacksonville defenders and now a third because Corey got caught up as well in there. Uh, anyway, because the guard got caught up there as well. And, and now you've got three guys hunting up Tannehill for the big hit and you lose a play. And these are the negative plays they've got to cut out from there. So uh, I see a question coming here for Tyler. What do you think of the blocking from our tight ends? I Swain's been not great. Uh, Pruitt and last game, which I know is in a tight end, have been okay to better. Uh, but I got to see more out of them as well. But this is the kind of stuff that we really have to uh, look for the Titans to avoid in the future so that Tannehill can have a clean pocket and he can't keep taking hits like this because at one point in time he's going to get rolled up. And you think the season was bad? You thought the Jets' loss was bad? Getting that man rolled up is going to be really bad for this team, and they have to look to avoid that. So that's everything I've got for those two plays. Uh, and those are the things we're trying to see, A, get more explosive plays, and I like what they're doing with some of that motion and, and getting Henry uh, kind of some wrinkles for some, some teams to think about. He's not just a runner. Think about him in some other ways. And, and also the, the pass protection has got to get cleaned up as well. So great job by Jonathan. His was a lot more clean. I love that stuff. If you like that kind of, of talk, come back and join us next week. We'll probably post this clip on socials this week as well, just to kind of show you some breakdowns. If there's some plays y'all have some questions about that we could possibly go over and you just want to ask about what happened or why it worked or why it didn't work, feel free to, to, to reach out to us on Twitter and we'll, we'll take a look at it live on the show and talk through it. Uh, those are things right now we're just kind of trying to pick plays we want to talk about, but if we could, I could see this developing into that as well. Yeah, and obviously we'll do a uh, a weekly joke that's part of the, part of the thing. Also, uh, the joke is what kind of technology <laughs> setup will Ryan be rolling with for his uh, play breakdown? So I thought it went much better. Week. I thought it went much better this week, considering I could actually get to the extra photos. Yeah, you got, I, you got, I, to, I, a, I got to a it. second photo. So uh, yes, that's a step <laughs> see, in the right see, direction. Just like the Titans' offense, just baby steps, keep improving every yeah, week. Yeah, by, by week seventeen, you'll be doing holographic projections. <laughs> well. Well, our budget really stepped up. If that's the case, we'll have some 3d printed models, all that kind of stuff. So those are our play breakdowns. Let's jump directly into, um, 
the Bills preview Monday night football in Nashville. That sentence in itself, regardless of the opponent, that's exciting. Monday night football at home. That's got to get the juices flowing a little bit, you would hope. Then when you add what is arguably, if not... Uh, excuse me, hold on. I need to shamelessly plug. We have a shirt. Still have a shirt. Okay, I had to get it in. Second half uh, breakdown there. Continue. Okay, second half. Got the shirt. Please buy it. Yay. So now you combine that Monday Night Football energy with the fact that arguably the best team in the NFL right now by a lot of metrics, number one on offense, number one on defense, number one in the power rankings... Is coming into town. And this is a team where I don't want to say it's a rivalry, but between the fans, fan to fan, there's a lot, there's not a whole lot of love loss due to the history, due to when they come in town and, and jump off of stairwells and get knocked out and trying to break tables and just all the idiocy that comes with that. There's there's not a whole lot of good times when you're when your stands against the Titans and the Bills fans. So this is this is gonna potentially exciting matchup for the two teams. Yeah, I mean, you you put it perfect by a lot of metrics out there. This Bills team is the number one offense and number one defense in all of the NFL. So they're playing really good football. But I will also say they, they've lost a game, too, and they've looked susceptible from time to time. I don't. It's not like you're going up against the uh, greatest show on turf. It's not like you're against the, the Patriots with Randy Moss out there looking unbeatable. They are a very good team, though. Yes. And I, I look, the Titans are absolutely an underdog. I mean, I think they're a five-point underdog at home. so Might as well be eight then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the Titans are going to have to perform. And ultimately, you know, maybe I curse the team because in the preseason I made the, the my uh, word be mercurial. And it has just bled over into this Titans team because, frankly, <laughs> the, I can't say the offense has failed to perform at any point in the in this season. They have moved the ball. They just continue to shoot themselves in the foot with big plays. The t- and then you look on defense. They have performed. They have a third down defense that is. Uh, they have a third down defense that is dropped by almost twenty percent in what they're allowing opponents to convert. But then you have the the death nails that come in, and so. Can this Titans team beat the Bills? Absolutely. But they have to finally play a full football game. As Chris Flint says, I know this is a little tongue-in-cheek, but the Titans can win by 30 or lose by 30. I made a joke I caught a little heat of uh, about the Titans. At this point in time, I wouldn't be surprised if they're Super Bowl contenders or if they're playing for the third pick in the NFL draft. I was joking because I don't think they'll fall that far, but that they've shown that they can lose to anybody and beat anybody, I think, is the overall point there. Uh, and, and Tyler, uh, yes, we are on YouTube as well. We're You can – Watch it on Twitter also, but you just can't interact and comment uh, with the show. So we're, that's why we're saying if you want to interact, go to Facebook like you're doing or to YouTube so you can share there as well. So we appreciate the shares out. Thank you so hey, you much. Got, we got to gotta share the love. We yep. also have a major Twitch following. Major Twitch. Oh, all right. I love that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, platforms out there. We appreciate it. Uh, and Tyler, I wanted, before I move on to things, I do want to address this because this was a big news this week about uh, Reddit commented that a lot of the players have issues with Keith Carter and the retirement situation. Uh, do you think the offensive line coaching is an issue? All right. So, um, don't want to discredit anybody's sources because sources are sources and people report things because they hear things. And I don't think that people would have run that story if they weren't hearing something from somebody. Unfortunately, I don't know who they heard that from. And I don't know if they're piecing that together for things that were, were said in the past because it's no secret that there's been offensive linemen who spoke out against Keith Carter in the past. A lot of that seemed to have been patched up, especially what I thought was an excellent job last year with a piecemeal offensive line getting everything going. Now, I don't know if that's changed year in, year out. Maybe Keith, uh, Coach Carter, seems to be a hard person to deal with, and maybe he's just not everyone's cup of tea. I will say this. I think he does get the absolute – or he has a history of getting the absolute best – performance out of people and maybe that just style is wearing on it. because here's the thing a coach no matter how great they are are going to wear on people at some point in time and the messages everyone's different right so the the same message the best coaches i've ever seen are the ones that can deliver their message regardless who they're talking to and they can have this wide scope that everyone understands and keith carter may or may not and i've never talked to the man obviously and i've never been coached by him and i've never coached with him so i feel a little unfair saying anything disparaging against him because i don't know what his style is i'm just trying to see what possibly could go because i know i was a part of offensive lines where there could be hurt feelings there could be limited play time that was causing a problem. There also could have been a call out in film one time that just 
Okay, that was uncalled for. Now you go to the next call out. That's uncalled for. It could have been just a couple things that just piled on and steamrolled. So you don't know what that personal relationship is there. Do I think it's a problem moving forward? As long as no one's hurt, no, I don't think so. Because I think this offensive line, in spite of itself, can gel together and come back. They've shown that they've played better than this. Keith Carter has um, proven that he's a good coach, in my opinion, based on what he was able to get out of a of a piece together offensive line last year. And offensive line, it's, it's one of those positions where you're not dealing with the quarterback room where you're dealing with one or two personalities, right? Receiver room, you're, you know who your guys are. Tight end, it's one guy. Offensive line, you've got five, six, seven personalities with your rotational starters. It's, it's kind of hard to piece together. So I know this is a big rant, and I apologize. I didn't plan on going on this. This is a Wendy's. But <laughs> the offensive line is kind of near and dear to my heart, obviously. Um, but uh, clearly, there's some stuff going on with Nate Davis as well as as Callan. Callan. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Points out here, but the regression is surprising in the pass blocking. That's what he started off doing. Run blocking is still fairly good from Nate Davis. He had a couple pancakes in this last game. You're still seeing some aggressiveness there. So I'm I'm, I'm expecting things to level out uh, for him. He's also coming off. I think he was on the COVID list during camps. So maybe he's just getting right as well. So a lot, a lot of factors, a lot of going in. The reports are out there. It could be just an isolated incident. It could be bigger. I have to, I, you know, we'll see what comes out for it. This is usually, you have to give it a few days for people to respond, get both sides of the story. If it even comes out at all. I, I think of it as a non-issue for now until it is, I do recognize it could be a problem and it's definitely not great where there's smoke, there's fire type of thing, but it is what it is for now, in my opinion. Well, and I, I'll say this, and I'm not one to come in because it's the nature of the business, but at the at the same time, it, it's so funny that how hard it is to build up trust with a fan base to prove that, you know, a coach, like a coach um, is good at it. And then within two to three weeks, all of that is gone. Keith Carter is a dumpster fire, right? Like that, how quickly you go from, oh, we pieced it together. This off the, the had a 2000 yard rusher last year. And, and it's just kind of, who's on space for more this year. It, it's fickle, right? <laughs> right. Um, so producer Patrick here, uh, giving, coming in some suggestions for how we can break down plays for you next week. If I could find one, I would. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally here for it. <laughs> I'm looking at Amazon afterwards. Those little, that's going to be really fun. It'd be probably a little more informative than what I've been doing so far. I can put little numbers on the back, backs of guys. That'll be fun. So let's talk about the bills a little bit. Yeah. You know, last, last year, obviously on Monday night, a uh, little bit of a circumstantial game with, uh, the COVID issues that were on. The going there. Gate. Yeah. And so, uh, but ultimately Titans come in here and win big, uh, win by almost 30 points. I don't think that that game was fully indicative of the gap between the two teams. The turnovers can just do that, right? That's, you, you saw that in games where the Titans lost. They kept turning the ball over, uh, giving other teams a chance to stay in it and turn around and you build that lead. So um, I, I don't think you're going to see that same sort of performance coming into the night uh, or coming into Monday night, but I'll also say I've been, I say every single week that football is a game of matchups and the chief or the uh, bills against the chiefs. They played in a, uh, a set where they were definitely trying to sit back in a too high shell and um, force Mahomes to, to beat them that way, making sure that Tyreek Hill could not get over the top on them. And that's kind of been the, uh, the recipe for success against the chiefs. You sit in a too high shell consistently against the Titans and Derrick Henry is probably going to run for about 300 yards. You just can't do it. And I don't expect them to do that. But at the same time, um, it, look, it, it, just because they performed well against the Chiefs, the Titans are kind of like going against Navy in college football or Georgia Tech, it, except they're, the, the playing field and the athletes are a little more similar. You're just not going, you don't prepare for that. You, this is a passing league where the Titans are zagging where everybody else is zigging. And so th the teams are not built to do this. I still think the Bills are probably the better team, but just because they performed well on defense against the Chiefs does not mean that they're going to come in here and shut down Derrick Henry. And if they do, they're probably leaving themselves open and susceptible on the back end. And you got to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups. Two things. The Chiefs are not the Titans offense. And I don't, I don't mean that to say that the Titans offense is, it's light years better than the chiefs. It's not because of what you just pointed out. They run such a different offense. They're just, it's, if they match matchups are a big part, important part of NFL football and the Titans can match up differently than the bills. Also the chiefs aren't the chiefs right now. 
I mean, they're putting up some numbers, but that's not the Chiefs' offense. You've seen teams are starting to figure out Patrick Mahomes. They're not. I think there was a stat. He's the least blitzed quarterback in the NFL, and you're seeing it that he's actually having. He's a little better when he has those open lanes. He's able to make some of those magic throws and on pressure. And he's, when he's not having that, I, I don't know. Those big explosive plays aren't there for them right now. So they're not the Chiefs yet either. So the Bills, it's a combination of things there. I still think I agree with you. The Bills, I think, are the better team overall, but. This could be one of those things where what you say when you want it, you have a dynamic offense. You typically, uh, a part of your game plan, not the whole one, is you want to keep the ball away from them some way. So either by getting stops and getting your defense off the field, also a way you can do that is by ball control and keeping their offense on the sidelines. And the more the Titans can, can I don't want to say nickel and dime, because we just said they need explosive plays, and they very much do, and they need to be creative. They don't need just to be run, 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 pass, run, 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 pass. That's not what I'm talking about. But they have to find ways to sustain drives. And they're doing that by getting creative by these under routes, by these meshes, by these natural picks, and being able to find uh, Michael Pruitt wide they're open. They're scheming things open, and, they're, and, they're, and you can scheme to explosive plays, but you can also make safe, safe, smart decisions to move the ball consistently and keep the bills on the sidelines. I think that's what you've got to do on offense. Uh, and then of course, defense is just, in my opinion, got to keep playing like they are and limit those big plays that the the bills have been known for. One thing that worries me, Stefan Diggs has been very quiet this year compared to what he normally does. We touched about on this, on the flex here this week, uh, that we're looking for Diggs to probably break out here at any point in time. Hopefully he, he waits a week to do that, but Titans luck, maybe he doesn't. So I don't think the Titans can afford to get in a shootout with the Bills, which is why I'd like to see them not control the ball by running it, but just try to find ways to keep the Bills on the sideline. Well, I mean, the, but the Titans are trending to possibly being the healthiest, the truly the healthiest they have been all season. Uh, that really good chance that you're going to have Julio, AJ Brown back. Bud Dupree looks like he's probably going to play. Your biggest injury that you're really facing right now is probably Roger Saffold and Christian Fulton. Um, and, and that's not to say those guys are not important. Caleb Farley is a guy that has to get out there and, and perform. If that is the case, it looks like he is just dealing with an illness, so he should be good to go. Um, and Hooker hopefully coming back. Yeah, I mean, so the, you have lots of guys out there. And look, Dane Crickshank gives you some flexibility. He's performed fairly well. There's been some messed up plays. He did not play very well against Jag the Jags, but he's performed uh, well enough for a guy that has been thrust into a role he hasn't been asked to do in his entire career. So um, he gives you some depth, and he's a guy that can play in some interesting spaces because you can play him as kind of a dime linebacker and move him down into the box. So I'm not sure even with Hooker coming back, especially with the issues this team is having at the inside linebacker position mm -hmm. that Crookshank necessarily is coming off the field permanently. Sure. I'm just hoping maybe with some more bodies in the safety, they can continue to use Molden in the proper way instead of sticking him in situations where he's uncomfortable, as you saw at the beginning of the season. I think he played – I know it, was, it probably wasn't a whole lot, but he played better first the Jags than he had, so maybe he's coming back around to life as well. So it's always good to have all your pieces, I guess is the main point. Yeah, and I see the the comment here from Ed uh, on, on YouTube here. He smells a, a – I'm assuming Darrington Evans uh, surprise breakout game. Uh, I'm just wanting him to break out of the – the trainer's room yeah and that would be quite the accomplishment all jokes aside and and I, I agree with you to the point to where if Darrington Evans could be a, the part of the offense that I thought he was going to be when they first drafted him to not only give Derrick Henry a breather but to be that that different type of back that can give that wrinkle that you I, I don't want to say thunder and lightning because <laughs> Derrick Henry's thunder and lightning but to have that dynamic back that can do things out of the backfield and sustain an offense you know McNichols has kind of been that as well now you just get someone who's I think who I think is a better athlete but here's the thing. He, as Jonathan said, he hasn't been able to get out of the training room and stay healthy. So that's just baby steps there. If he's back and he, he contributes five plays, 100% okay with that. Just want to see it a little more uh, for the offense to give them an extra wrinkle that they can do. Well, and it's it's kind of funny and speaks to how badly the Titans have been hit by the injury bug. Luckily, no major injuries yet. Yep. Uh, but the fact is, if, if you're bringing Evans out there and you're taking McNichols off the field, you're removing your number one receiver on the team right now. That's a good point. So, I mean, they've got to have a balancing ad. Maybe more isn't always better. <laughs> Less is more, maybe. And, I, and that's not to say that you wouldn't do that. That's not to say that McNich Jeremy McNichols is some irreplaceable um But he's player. performed well. He's you're, performed you're right. well for his role. Sure. And until the Titans get the rest of their pieces there that they can roll out the offense they really want to, you know, you better make sure that uh, Darrington Evans is catching the ball, those easy catches that McNichols has been reliable on. So we've talked about the offensive kind of how I know we didn't really have a whole lot of structure here, but how, how we hope they attack the Bills and what 
possible chance they could get themselves to win. We talked about the defense just just don't giving up the big plays, those kinds of things, and try to limit that. But what else will you be looking for for this defense? Because Allen has really turned himself into a dynamic quarterback. Uh, he's in the conversations now for tops in the league, all that good stuff. And then you've got uh, you know, Herbert's doing Herbert things out in, in L.A. So you've got these young quarterbacks that are really coming around. He's one of them. You also have a dynamic running back set set from them. And Zach Moss seems like he's going to break out as well. And then, of course, you, we talked about Diggs in the receiving core, Dawson Knox. A lot of weapons on offense. Uh, offensive line isn't, very bad, isn't bad either. So just when you look at this stuff from the Titans' defense, what can they do to help or, or possibly hope to slow down the Bills when they are on the field? Well, I mean, I think you're going to sit in a too high quite a bit. You want to take away those deep balls because, I, I mean, Josh Allen is a guy that wants to throw that deep ball. I mean, that's what he's going to do. You're going to uh, probably show some late shifts, see if he's it really picked up the mental game where you can uh, try and get him confused a little bit. Um, and ultimately, you, you're going to have to take some chances in the run game, see if the Bills will stay patient and continue to run the ball down your throat. Because, look, based on everything I have seen of the Titans inside linebackers, I would run that until they stopped it. Right. And, uh, but the thing is, that's not what the bills do. They are a little bit more committed to the run this year than they were last year, but they're truly a team that runs through Josh Allen. And so I do think the Titans match up from that perspective fairly well. I mean, Kevin Byard is right now, you look at pro football focus, he's their number one safety. I, I did a play breakdown about just some of the little things that he is doing right now. So Byard is playing very well at the safety position but again if i'm the bills i have to believe they have a, are a team that generally does what they are going to do but i have to think that at some point they see just you know i'll believe it when i see it when it comes right. to the titans inside linebackers as tyler points out like we we're just saying that that allen is a running back with lead arm was variable said uh, and how do you game plan that and we kind of talked about there you want to try to limit the big plays don't give him the big shots but i also think it's very important to preach staying in your run lane uh, your rush lane, excuse me, for the defensive line and linebackers and don't give him any of those opportunities to break out and limit those things and make him try to to fit those balls in and nickel and dime. And don't give up the – don't miss the tackles afterwards as well. I would love to say blitz the, the piss out of him and see what happens, but I don't think that's the right call. I think you need to try to stunt and try to get things cheaply on there but stay in the lanes as well because if you get if you do too much of that moving around and blitzing, you're going to open up those rush lanes and he's going to get outside, and that's when he's going to hurt you. Those are when those plays break down the back end, and those that's when you see uh, Stephon, Stephon Diggs is going to break up for a deep post over the middle because Allen scrambled to his right and with that big arm, he's going to score an 80-yard touchdown. So you want to try to keep everything in front, contain it, and not give him that chance to, to break the play down. And, and 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 that's the thing you you put out to it a couple of weeks when we're reviewing the jet the Jets you don't know anybody a whole lot of uh, corners that can cover for seventy eight seconds seven to eight seconds seventy eight seconds would be unheard of uh, so you just have to try to contain in my opinion and let the game kind of come to you and hope not hope, but see if you can force some mistakes from the Bills and then rely on your offense to give you the breaks and keep them on. I think that's the game plan from the defense. Yeah, Trust. It, it, the, the one thing I would do if you're going to try and put a wrinkle in there is I'm taking one of those inside linebackers off the field until the, until the time that the Bills are going to continue to take advantage of it. I think with somebody like Allen, I'm not coming. I'm, I'm not employing the the policy of, you know, stay in your rush lanes. Maybe you don't fully rush. I'm going to get him and I'm spying. Maybe with, maybe that's your role that you're putting Crookshank in as that second inside linebacker there and spying with him. Get a guy that can run Allen because Allen is a spectacular athlete for his size. He ain't running a four four out there, so let, let's be clear here. So Apparently some of the he's better world class hurdler. Yeah, not, and that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's a guy that will get hurt at some point doing that. And I'm not saying I'm not calling for injuries here, but I, I think if I was going to put a wrinkle in there, just because I'm not sure that the Bills will stay committed to the run, um, I think that they definitely run to set up the pass. And I'm going to dare them. I'm going to dare them to continue and stay patient with running the ball. And I'm not sure they will. Yep. Uh, Tyler follows up with Avery Williams coming in. Factor Bron Broncos will head in for a week. Look, we don't know what the Broncos. I don't know what the Bronco top situ my head what the situation is with out there in Denver. How set they were. Maybe he wasn't a scheme fit for them. Maybe he wasn't a personality fit. He's coming home. I mean, from Milan, Tennessee, he's coming back where his roots are. Uh, he started off with the Titans. He's going to be a little extra excited there. He's still got some juice. He played well for the Steelers last year. We saw some cut ups. He's an I don't want to be harsh here, but I call it what it is. He's an okay NFL linebacker. He does a lot of things well. I don't think he does everything, anything exceptional, 
but he's just he's that solid floor you want. So right now, I look at the linebackers the Titans have. You have a young guy who's taking a lot of chances and still messing up, but he's super aggressive. Then you have Rashawn Evans, who looks like he's lost more than he's found out there at times, and he's not as aggressive as the other guy, which is getting him hurt. So now you go to the stable veteran who possibly could bring some presence to that locker room, excuse me, that meeting room, maybe possibly bring some some excitement for being that new kid coming back home. Those I don't say new kid, the old head coming back home to where his roots are, not only where he started in the NFL, but he's got he's got family two hours away, two and a half hours away from here. Uh, so I'm excited about it for him. I don't know what big difference it's going to make, but it can't be bad is what I'm kind of taking it as. Yeah, and I wouldn't read too much into the Broncos only having him for a week. I think that the Broncos didn't necessarily have a huge need, so they signed him to stash him in the practice squad with the expanded uh, rosters that they have going on right now, um, continuing that policy from last year due to COVID. Uh, that You're seeing a lot of that where people are picking up guys and signing them to the practice squad, and then the Titans, anybody's able to come sign them to their active roster directly from that. So I don't think it's indicative of what the Broncos thought of him as much as the Titans have a bigger need and familiarity with him. Familiarity is a big thing. I mean, you see it all the time in the coaching world. A lot of guys get, get, I mean, at times you get people get jobs because coaches are familiar over, you know, cause they know the scheme because a lot of times if you know how a guy, if you know how one guy is and how he coaches and you're, and you're fine with it and they know your scheme, it, you're probably gonna take that go over someone, take a chance that you have no clue if they're going to be a fit or not. I'm not saying it always happens, but it tends to happen in the coaching world as well. So we've talked about the game. We've talked about what we think is going to happen scheme-wise, what to look for. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a mixture. Now that Jonathan said his point about going after him, I, I meant like you're all twits, twists and blitz and getting guys out of the lanes. I think a safe way to have a spy behind it as well is a good way to mix in. Hopefully they do a little bit of both, in, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, when we get to Monday Night Football, stick around for our halftime show Monday night and then also – Monday after the show, the round table, if we're still awake and not too drunk before Tuesday workday. Uh, so let's get into predictions real quick before we get to your joke of the week. And what is your overall prediction from the game? Um, ultimately, I have not seen this team put it all together. I think they're fully capable of doing it. Um, I do have higher hopes for this team than I think other people because I don't think this has been a systemic failure across the board. It's been one thing here, one thing there. Um, so I think that the Titans can put up quite a big fight, but I just feel like right now the bills are firing on all cylinders. If I'm a bills fan, I'm a little worried because you want to be hot late, not early. Right. And it's very, it's not usually the case that the team that's hot early is the right team at the end. So, but right now I think the bills are just firing on all cylinders and I think they probably pull this one out. We'll say by seven. If I told you that the loser of this game is the winner in the playoff matchup later in the season, you would take the Titans loss now and not have a problem with it. But of course you can't guarantee that you have no clue, but that's what the situation feels like to me is that the team that wins now is going to, is going to be the winner in the playoffs. It's tough to beat an NFL team twice in one season, especially uh, who knows with injuries, people getting healthier matchups, all that good stuff. So I, I, but all that being said, I think that just kind of bad timing, Jonathan, I agree with everything you said. I'm not going any further into it because I think that's how it's going to go as well. And I have them losing by 10. Also, just a you know question that we heard earlier uh, from another show unnamed here. If the Titans lose this game in week six of a 17-game season, are you resting players? No. Well, but the one seed's off the board with Not, 11 games to go. No. You, are you... Are you <laughs> Say no more. You're playing for the playoffs. Get in. You know, you're not just playing for the playoffs. You're <laughs> also the playing. Division. I'd rather, it's not just the division. You're also hoping that you're not the team that has to host the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. Or the Bills. Well, you're not hosting the Bills. Or host. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm my brain's that, not working. I'm saying the Chiefs likely may not be winning the AFC West, but that's not a team I want to face in the playoffs. Oh, heck no. Not not in that, not having to come down and break your hearts at home. That's a good point there as well. So that's it. That's the predictions. Drop, you know, thank y'all for sticking with us, chats. Thank you for being active. We, we like all the comments. Uh, hit us up if there's any plays from this next game. If you want us to look into next week, be more than happy to do that. Take your suggestions. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, Jonathan, heard anything funny? I have heard some things funny, but before we go, make sure you check out the Broadway Sports Media shop. We have a sweet shirt. You may have heard about it, so make sure you check it out. But I do have a joke here, Ryan, and I just wanted to say I was talking to a guy at work today, um, and he said, uh, what, rhymes, what, what rhymes with orange? I said, no, it doesn't. 
The good part is he never tells me what he's doing beforehand, so you get my honest, genuine reaction to his jokes. That's going to do it this time for us on the Coach's Corner. We are part of Broadway Sports Network, partner with 440 Sports. Remember to be sure to check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and everything great on Broadway Sports at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Shop at Broadway Sports Media as well. Check out on Twitter at BroadwayTN, this show at Coaches on Broad. But until next time, we'll see you. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.